We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Woo! We have our Saucy Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. Wade moments, Wade moments. Leif, it's been a while since you've been on, dude. I know. It's been I'm a happy minute. To be back. It's, it's, he's back. And we have our guest, friend of the show, Rohan Nadkarni. Did I say it right this time? Yeah, close enough. I don't really have a, a zippy introduction line, but thank no. you for having me on. Friend of the show, that's your zippy introduction line. Okay, all right. Rohan, no, no, I meant like my, I meant like a catchphrase. If I like the oh. other guys, we need, to, we need to figure. Out. You've been on enough that you need a catchphrase. We need yeah. to figure that out. His catchphrase is that he he wrote a cover story for Sports Illustrated. That's his catchphrase. Best cover story of the damn year. How about that? I wouldn't Killed. get that. Yeah, Yo, he get was that center guy. court in the AAA with D Wade talking about his career. He got a one on one with Pat Riley. He got one on one with Pat Riley. I think only four people can say that this year. All these things are true, and they're as hard for me to believe as it is for you guys. Rohan, your story was incredible. Your cover story was one of the best of the years. You also wrote a Chris Bosch story, so you've killed it this year. Miami boy, center court, Coral Springs stand up. Yes. Correct. <laughs> like, how did that feel? And by the way, we're part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Check us out on 
Five Reasons Sports on Instagram, on the feed, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, Twitter, all that good stuff. Find Ethan Skolnick, Chris Whittingham, and our library of shows. We have a website, fivereasonsports.com, where you can check out all our writing. I have a piece that dropped last week about Dwayne Wade and his mortality. Leif has some stuff on about Juwan Howard and his importance to the organization. Uh, Nikias has a story about Justice Winslow and Dwayne Wade's relationship. He got to talk to both of them. It was really cool. And we have stuff coming out almost every day. Uh, I have something dropping tomorrow. So please check that out. We're, we're doing a lot of cool stuff. Ethan just wrote, Ethan blasted the heat last night. So you might want to read that. Uh, he talked about how they need uh, more results and less slogans. So uh, you, well, let's see what Ethan's writing about at 5 Uh Yeah, man. Like I, I really want to get into what you wrote because – and today's – Today's kind of weird because I want to celebrate Dwayne Wade, but we also cannot ignore that the Heat have lost three straight or four straight already. Jesus Christ. They've lost four straight uh, in this stretch, and they've all but played themselves out of the playoffs unless Detroit loses to both Memphis and New York because Miami doesn't have the tiebreaker against Memphis. And, and Charlotte has to lose one of their last two. Charlotte has to lose one of their last two, and then Miami has to win against the 76ers tomorrow, Tuesday in Wade's final home game, and then on the second night of a back-to-back, come out and beat the Brooklyn Nets, who are already clinched, but still they're, they're going to be formidable because they're going to be fighting for playoff seating. So... That's all going on, but we're having Rohan on uh, because we want to really want to talk about that Dwayne story. And Rohan, I guess the thing I I, we, I want to celebrate Dwayne, but the thing I really want to focus on, I guess first, and I don't want to do this chronologically, was it, it never hit me this way, but I've heard the Dwayne and LeBron story so many times about Dwayne telling LeBron like, "Hey, listen, like this is your team, dude. You be great. We will be great around you." And I've also heard the Shaq story is like he's coming. He's like, this is your team, this and that. And I guess for the first time, I kind of put it together that Shaq, in a way, laid the groundwork for that. Like that leadership of him coming into this situation as I think the first year he was second in MVP in 2004, if I recall correctly. Right, yeah, he should have won that year too. Yeah, yeah. He lost to Steve Nash. It's controversial. Like he comes in saying that like he was still that kind of player. And he's telling Dwayne, no, Dwayne, you be great. And then when Dwayne... I mean, he even mentions in your article, he's like, I had a hell of a finals. Like, he knew, we all knew, we all knew that he played well. And he was trying to figure out what he could do off the court to make the situation better. And I just couldn't help but make the connection and how everything that had happened had led up to that point, which to me kind of solidifies his greatness as a leader. Like, even him now coming off the bench and like being okay with it. If you read Nikias' story on five reasonsports.com, Dwayne talks about like this leadership role that he's taking with justice. And you could see how justice is in pick and roll now so much more patient. And it's like all this teaching, all this, I don't know. I, I thought it was something that is going to define his career, at least to me, as much as the rings. Without a doubt. I mean, I think, you know, the first part with, with Shaq, it was, you could see how excited he was to kind of tell that story about Shaq saying, this was your team now. Um, you know, I think the sacrifices was something that we talked about before writing the story is maybe something that has defined his career. Um, you know, it really is remarkable. If you watch that interview, him talking about LeBron and you, you see the, you know, I don't know if this quote was in the story, but it's, it's in the video, him talking about LeBron I asked him, when did you realize he was better? And he said, he said, you know, I compared myself to LeBron, but just day in and day out, I realized that he could get to another level that I couldn't get to. Yeah. Um, you don't hear guys of his caliber saying that about other players. I think that says a lot of Dwayne. I think it's a lot about his friendship with LeBron, but you don't hear guys 
you, you'd never hear, I don't think you'd ever hear Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant say about Steph Curry, he could get to a level I couldn't get to or vice versa. You, you don't have, see a lot of superstars who A, are, are comfortable saying that B, have those kinds of relationships with people. Um, and it, it was cool hearing them talk about that stuff. I, I hope uh, people who read the story also got a chance to watch the interview because I think you really kind of pick up a lot more uh, just about Dwayne and who he is by doing that. Rohan, and where can people find the full interview? Uh, it's on si.tv. Look for the big interview series. Um, if you go to the Dwayne Wade story, there's a link at the top of the story. Uh, sign up for a free trial. If you're a Heat fan, I think it's, you know, listen, cancel your free trial after one day. But watch the interview. I promise you uh, it's worth your time because I think you see a lot more from Dwayne and uh, you'll get a lot more from watching and the exact quote, by the way, is I watched LeBron up close. I knew he can go to a level that I couldn't go to. And I guess the kind of self-awareness, I mean, Dwayne, it, it, and it was a running joke when, when Dwayne came down, when LeBron came down here, you know, Levitard famously had the rant uh, and he said, you know, he's the best player in the world, but he might not even be the best player on this team. Right. And that was like a legit thing. I know I as a Heat fan and I don't know if it was naive or not, but I thought night in and night out, Dwayne Wade can do everything that that guy can. And I got Leif, do you remember the game? It was the game before the year before LeBron came here. It was 2009, 2010. And Wade and LeBron, it was in Miami and they played a game where they were literally going shot for shot. And then yeah, Wade would make a jumper. He was at that game. Yeah. That, no. I mean, like, that's what I'm like. They were equals, dude. Absolutely. And and that's like one of the, the crazy things about from a fan perspective, when you think back uh, on Dwayne, like we acquired Shaq and we thought that we got our megastar and we hadn't like, you knew Dwayne was going to be good, but you didn't realize he was going to be 2006 finals good. And then he like ascended to a level where it was like, uh, you had to admit, wow, he can get to a level that this Shaq character that we got that we thought was such an amazing acquisition, like he could get to another level than that. And then you see Dwayne kind of mature and grow. And, um, and then to recognize that, uh, that LeBron should take the lead role. That's the thing about Dwayne. The heat are so lucky that they got a guy that is, um, he's the embodiment of heat culture, but he didn't have to do it in the blue collar way that you look at it. Alonzo morning or Udonis Haslam. Like he was able to take it to that elite level to a level that none of those guys could ever get to, but also like all the selfless stuff that they talk about and fitting into a role and buying into winning. That's all Dwayne. And the fact that he's been able to kind of uh, to spearhead that at the level that he is um, and the notoriety and just all of that, uh, it's elevated the franchise in a way that nobody else has. I mean, from 2000, from the first year of the Big Three to the second year of the Big Three, he went from 25.5 points per game to 22 points per game. And, like, that's a bit, I mean, like, that's, that's, the, that's the drop from elite to good, right? Like, that's what he gave up. And if you look at the historical context of a 22-point-per-game scorer, we know that he's better than a 22-point-per-game scorer. Like, obviously, you have all the back years and everything, but... You he's know, better than Paul Pierce, right? He's, <laughs> we, we'll get into we'll get into the internet descending on poor Paul Pierce later, but the status that he sacrificed, uh, like by doing that, the the statistics and all that stuff, the usage rate to just be great and the the cool the, shit though is that Heat fans recognize that, and I the big three era, like we've talked about, how much smarter Heat fans had to become to defend that team. We had to look into advanced metrics we never would have been looking at otherwise, just to find that that uh, uh, way to you know the narrative or whatever you want to say to to make sure we were defending those guys. 
And um, you remember when we were looking at lineup data of Udonis at the five? We were like, no, look, yeah. they're really good. They can play small. But that's what I mean. Like, we were looking at that. So you recognize what Dwayne did. And I don't think it diminishes his greatness in any way. Um, and you're seeing that in the reaction from the entire league. Like, everybody recognizes we the Heat would never in a million years get a guy who um, was would be going on a tour like this and getting this type of reception. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. They'll never have another player that likely has this kind of, um, you know, going-away party. It's just – it's as good as it gets. And he fan- The damn commissioner of that. the league. The commissioner of the league had a statement the other day congratulating him for his last – like, what the hell? Like – Rohan, have you been surprised at this? I've been surprised. I've been really surprised at the fanfare he's gotten, not just from the league, but just, dude, dude got cheered in Boston. Dude dude was accused of breaking Rondo's damn arm in a playoff series that there was bad blood in. Those teams hated each other. Those fan bases hated each other. And Dwayne walks into the garden, probably... That and the Bulls, I guess, would be the biggest rivals in his career. And those people gave him a standing ovation. They're like, this is one of the 25 greatest basketball players that have ever lived. And they're like, I, I, dude, that has totally surprised me. I've been stunned. I, 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 surprise is, I think, the right word. I, I guess you expected it to an extent because that's kind of why you make an announcement like this a little bit is so that people have that chance. But, you know, just the standing ovations every time he enters the game, the – the tributes. I mean, the Spurs one was really, really good. The Spurs actually showed amazing. highlights of him against the Spurs, which you, you don't see often. Um, I, yeah, it's it's been crazy, and I, I know that deep down he really appreciates it. I can report one thing, by the way, for you guys, that I have not said it anywhere else yet. Saucy Nuggets. And it's that I know for a fact Dwayne Wade will not be making a quilt with the jerseys that he required ah. over the course of this year. What, what is he going to do with them? Do you know? He does. He does not know, as far as I know. But I, my suggestion was quickly shot down. Uh, he said, "What am I going to do? This lay with an, a bunch of other people's jerseys?" <laughs> yeah, that so, is a little weird. So no quilt of all the jerseys that he swapped. Yo, I was interested to hear him talk about how there were a couple years of his prime that were wasted because we have been talking about oh. how selfish he or how selfless he's been. And um, and I thought that that was fascinating because I know that they had a shot at getting guys like Amare or Boozer or um, there was probably a few others that I'm not thinking of. Lamar Odom was one. Uh, yeah, I mean, Odom. Um, so I, anyway, I like that. I thought that that was a really interesting part of that. Did, like, what vibe did you get from him? So that was what I was probably most excited to ask about uh, was that stuff, right? Because I think that as Heat fans, you always, I think we all thought 2008 to 2010, this guy's better than LeBron. I I told him that in the interview. I said, we all thought you were better than LeBron then. Um, I asked him about it. I asked Riley about it too. And, uh, you know, I think the Riley quote didn't make the story. I pulled it up, but he Riley just said, couldn't do it. That that was the, the first words out of his mouth. Um, you know, he said, I think he might be right. Uh, but he was like, there's no way you cash all the chips and give that away because if we, if we'd have done that, he wouldn't have played with the big three. Um, so I think, I think Riley kind of agrees. Hey, maybe he could have been a different category, but he wasn't willing to take that risk because of the big three being on the horizon. I think as far as Dwayne goes, he had admitted it again, that that full quote wasn't in the story, but it's in the video. He said, 
I felt like we wasted some of my prime years. He said they had conversations with the organization about that. He referenced that press conference he gave where he said, I'm not going out in the first round anymore. I think he was, what I took away from his answer was he was more willing to leave Miami than I realized because he cared that much about being on a good team. I will say in terms of regret, I really pushed him. You know, I said, you can't, you have to answer this. I said, when you, what's your career do over? And he said, I, I don't know. I've had a great career. Uh, but when I pushed him, he, he pointed back to 2008 to 2010. That's when he said, maybe I could be in a different category right now. You know, I was talking to Sam Esfendiari of, uh, of Warriors World and the Light Years podcast. And, you know, he's, he's a big Dwayne Wade advocate. And we were talking about how Dwayne is almost damaged by a couple things historically. One, the cult of Kobe and just this kind of culture around how people viewed Kobe Bryant. And two, the lack of advanced analytics back then, how analytics really now, like in retrospect, really helped Dwayne and make a bigger case for some of those MVP years. I mean, especially, I mean, other than the year that he got hurt in 2007, I mean, from 2006 all the way up to, to 2010 when, when they got the big three, like, you know, especially defensively, um, what what they were doing with him using him as a weak side blocker like in in place of a big like that was incredible and the fact that he wasn't really put into a lot of all defensive first teams when he probably deserved it over Kobe and some of the numbers um like you know all the offensive numbers I've I've always felt that way I see Rohan you're kind of squirming a bit no I I agree you it disagree? is no no I agree I agree it's it's crazy to think about but you know if his career had just been shifted over five years you know how different it could have been uh how it would have been measured differently uh, i i the blocker thing is, is so true i mean they, they were showing that bulls heat game on fox sports you know a few weeks ago they had the Dwayne wade day and you watch it yeah, yeah. you know udonis is playing center which back then was crazy and it's Dwayne, you know protecting the rim on every possession and it's uh well, by the way, yes. doing it well. Hold yes. on, hold on. Can we back up just for a second? Because in the middle of this, Roanne, you pulled up. You said, "Hold on, let me." This quote didn't make it into the story, but let me pull it up. So that that implies you have a whole stack of Riley quotes in front of you. Can you just do. read those, and that can be our show? I do. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Rohan, I do. how long did it take you to transcribe your interviews, and and then follow up to that? How long did it take you to actually write the story? Um, it, it took quite a while to transcribe the interviews, as you can imagine. Uh, that took did you do it yourself, or you have somebody do it for you? Um, I did that myself. I like doing it myself. Um, the story, honestly, I wrote it mostly in one night, but it was a late night. I ate a chicken parm hero at like 12 a.m. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's it was a up. long night. Yeah, yeah, that took quite a few hours. I don't even know. And then I obviously you go back and a lot the next day and stuff. I showed it to a couple coworkers. I do have a, a stack of Riley coats in front of me, by the way. That's true. Um, and I'm trying to think <laughs> if there's anything like interesting in here. Okay. This is one, this is when I asked him, I said, uh, were you bothered by his and LeBron's friendship? And this is, this is what Pat Riley said. I don't believe him, frankly, if I wanted him to go on the record about it, I <laughs> He said, no, not at all. I've been around 50 years. I played with Wilt, Jerry, and Elgin. I know a little bit more about those kinds of guys, how they tick and how they think. When LeBron left, it was hurtful to me, the organization, the city. It just is. When you put together a team like that, it's four trips to the finals, two championships. You think, 
you take a hit from San Antonio, add a couple more pieces, let's keep rolling here. But it didn't happen. But it's different today. It's not that I don't accept it. It's different. When I played in the 70s, there wasn't a lot of fraternization. There just wasn't. There was no way to text people. Guys weren't calling people. I can remember when Patrick and Zoe, when I was coaching, you know, I'd ask Zoe, are you going to get dinner with Patrick tomorrow? Uh, he would say yes. And I'd be like, well, I wish you wouldn't do that. Um, so he said, he said, it's easier to connect, to be able to talk, text, whatever they do. Instagram, just the word Instagram. I never felt like LeBron had anything to do with him leaving. That's incredible. Pat saying Instagram. Yeah. He um, just was like Instagram. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. You just yeah, made yeah. our the show. Thank you so much. You just made our show. <laughs> Leif is so happy. <laughs> Like Brian, wrote, Brian, what were you saying? I was saying, saying I remember that a story that Chris wrote where uh, apparently Pat Riley is like the biggest Apple fan. Yes, I do remember. He, also, he, yeah, I have another Riley thing for you. He said Dwayne's been their best player this year. Oh, that's not true, though. Did you tell him Justice better? No, he said he's been playing like our best player and he is our best player. <laughs> did you see Did you see what I tweeted out today? Um, I did. It's, an, I it's an incredible it. stat. I did so, not expect that. I'm going to pull this up for the audience. So, like, for the year uh, when Dwayne's off the court, I think that they're plus five or something. I I, I don't have the updated numbers. But, I mean, they, they outscore opponents when he's off the floor. And when he's on the floor, they're, like, minus one and a half. So, you know, whatever. I mean, I think part of that was just playing with the bench unit and, and everything. But um, in April, so the tweet goes, in April with their season on the line, Dwayne Wade did everything he could to keep it alive. He averaged 20 points per game, 5 assists, 25% usage, and 30 minutes a game. 46, 37, and 84 shooting splits, which is like really, really good considering his age and his free throw shooting, by the way, has been horrible this year. So that's a good sign. Uh, when he's on the court, Miami is plus 5.3 net rating. And when he's off the court, they're minus 25.3. We're in a point in 2019 that the Heat cannot survive when Dwayne Wade's off the court. What are we going to do? Is, which is just like, and the Dion, I mean, again, it's fun with small samples. It's April. Like, it's just, it's like, what, like three games or whatever. So it, it's a really small sample, but it, it kind of your eye test feels it. And I don't know how you guys have felt like these last couple games, but Dwayne has been a little passive in the fourth quarter. Uh, in the Celtic game at home, he only attempted two, one shot and he was 0 for 1. Uh, and it was a miss three or whatever. And then in the game against the Timberwolves, he had only attempted one field goal attempt in the fourth quarter, and it was off the steal. It was two. It was one off the steal, and then the three at the end. Um, so I kind of feel like he's playing really, really well, and he's playing really, really smart and really, really patient. And it's like he's almost not programmed to do dumb things at the end of games because, like, in that Celtic game in particular, like he's coming into the paint and like Horford's coming over and they're bringing like a couple guys and they're walling him off with length and he's just bringing the ball back out. He's really not forcing stuff, which I guess it's good. But at the other end, like they're hurt. Like Josh isn't there. Justice is not well. Like it, it's been kind of they've I don't know, man. It's been weird at the end of games, and they've needed him. The whole team gets the dirty pants. That's what the issue is for the last Did, two okay. weeks, man. Does that feel that way? Because, yeah. dude, I feel like at the end of games, like particularly this month, they have no idea what to do. Correct. And it's just they're relying on Dwayne to bail them out. And it's been highly frustrating to watch when, uh, when Justice particularly has been back and they don't let him uh, operate with any full head of steam in those situations at all. It's weird. 
Uh, particularly in the last game, Dion just chucking threes. Uh, it, it, it's been a rough stretch, and they deserve. He's to go shooting on. the ball well, but like Dion. So the thing with Dion is they're they're uh, they're like minus seventeen when Dion's on the floor, uh, or they're like minus ten when Dion's on the floor, and then plus seventeen when he's off of it. Um, but he's shooting the ball like and in, like he's neon Dion. He's like forty percent from the field. It's like insane from from three. I mean, I don't know that Dion has been the problem. I'm obviously in the tank for the guy, and I'm I have more reason than everyone else <laughs> to be like, no, 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 no. Give him some time. I, I don't know that Dion's been the problem. I will say the first half of that Raptors game, Kelly Olynyk looked nervous. I've never seen he was bad. Look nervous like that in a long time. At the same time, they are a missed three and like a half second away from winning their last two games. And this is being a, you know, totally different conversation. That's just how close these games have been. I, by the way, can we talk about, you know, I see a lot of talk from some of these heat beat guys. That the team should be tanking. They what heat beat guys? They're headed to the lottery. A lot Who of says that? Come on. Come on. Let's, let's see. Our of, guys? Well, our guys? at me, Rohan. At me. There's know. one guy. It's not plural. It's one guy. And he's right over there. And he's a producer and co-founder. Bro, at me. It's Brian. It's Nikias. You know. Oh, yeah. oh but Nick, dude, we all know that Nikias is in the tank for like anti-Dwayne Wade. It's it's. I have Christian, Tank Mom as a homepage. You so. know, I see Let's, you guys. Come at me, bro. I, here's what I don't understand. How can you as a basketball fan, what, listen, even when they're not winning, Thank you. Tell me you weren't glued to your TV during that entire Raptors game. Was that not Rohan, thrilling? I was at I was at a baptism and I was fighting with my data while the priest is dunking babies into holy water, trying <laughs> to see what is happening. And there are people behind me looking over the little thing, over look over the little table, and they're like, dude, you have a signal? I go, not yet, not yet. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> that's that's what I'm about. I was living and dying on the little you, NBA you app culture, baby. And that's my Dude. thing. Isn't that what you want? Isn't what all you want to see like your favorite basketball team and your favorite player play in games that have stakes? It's like, I don't, they I don't, matter. I don't, they double matter. Yeah, I don't, because I really don't understand like the tanky crowd, especially this year. Like I understand it as a philosophy, but like, I, like I, I told Dwayne Wade to his face. I was like, Every single game I tweet, I just hope this is close and you get to take a game-winning shot in the end. That's all I care about, whether it goes in, win, lose, or draw. You know, you kind of enjoy And it bothers me that there are people who haven't just enjoyed that this year. Ro- Rohan, like, I'm watching these games, and I have not... Like, I, you know, ever since we kind of started being serious about covering the team and doing heat beat and all that stuff... I've been a little divorced from the result, right? You know, at the end of the day, you just root for your story, right? I root for a win because I want a good podcast or I root for I root for things because I want a good show or whatever. Man, I, I, it's been a while since I'm standing up in my living room on my tippy toes, jumping up and down when they're bringing the ball up. Like, I'm giddy. I'm, I'm ironing a shirt watching that Raptors game and Hassan's putbacks. I'm literally jumping up and down, punching the air. I, like, these games double matter. It's not just for the playoffs. It's I want to see more Dwayne Wade. I want him in, right? So it's like I'm watching. There are, at least for me, there's so many stakes attached. It's like... I don't know, man. It, it feels like these games are so important, and it makes it such a better experience. Well, yeah. I mean, Dwayne Wade saved the season. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, I just think the way that, like, covering the NBA has become about, like, fetishizing flexibility and Assets. offices, it kind of sucks, to be honest. And it's like, I'm not saying that 
every team's ultimate goal should be to win a championship, but like, there are different measures of success. I mean, it's like the Raptors, those three years in a row, they won 50 games. Like, should Raptors fans not love those teams just because, you know, they were willing to, to go down that rabbit hole with DeMar DeRozan? I mean, the Grizzlies earlier in this decade, those teams were awesome. It didn't matter that you know, they didn't win a championship. Like, hey, like he would zone Timmy. I mean, we were there, right? We, Come on, done it, yeah. And it's like uh, people lose sight of that a little bit now, and that that frustrates me and as someone who covers the NBA. Dion Waiters frustrates me. Well, that the, that's the one part about it that that's struck. Like, it's been a real struggle for me as a fan because obviously like I'm going to have gratitude for the Dwayne moments and I'm going to take those in and even some other stuff like justice and, and seeing Josh get better and bam play. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of those things have been positives. Um, I think honestly, like something that's not talked about enough is that Hassan and Dion have probably both recouped a little bit of value in in all this uh, craziness. And that's another positive Um, like, but you can't hide from like you lose to Toronto and you then cut Rodney Magruder in a clear tax move when he's been touted as like a player that's equivalent to a first round pick and part of the culture and everything that the team is about. And then, so, so there's been moments like that and you, and you also feel like uh, you're, you're kind of trying to execute two plans at once. So there's been some underlying frustration that's off the court, but I agree with you on the court. Like we should just remember that this is Dwayne Wade, man. Yeah. I I mean, I I definitely think the organization's caught in the middle a little bit. I will say that I I also find, I know other people aren't as big fans of Dion. Uh, Outside of Hassan, who I still don't fully trust. Like there's still times where he's like literally just watching a rebound dribble slowly into the corner. And I want to just, run through the TV, but it's a likable team. Like I'd rather just watch a team that's playing hard and has a chance to win every given night. And they're losing just because we might get a better player in the future. Obviously you want the team to be good, but I actually talked to Hassan about that because I was, um, there was a number floating around about how like his box outs numbers are like horrible. Uh, compared to Bam's, I think the the number was Bam boxes out twice as much in fewer minutes at the time at the time in the season. However, Hassan had a higher rebound rate, and I kind of talked to him about that. I asked him, I was like, you know, like your rebound rate is higher than other people, but you box out a lot less. And he was telling me about he's like, I, I honestly just like look at the ball and I can kind of tell where it's gonna bounce, and I know that I'm stronger than guys and I'm longer. So when I get up, and if even if I take contact, I know I'm coming down with it. But I think that has developed some bad habits because he's not boxing out. So sometimes other people that aren't his man get the rebound. So I think that if he did box out, it would be a lot better. But rebounding is not really their problem. But it it is frustrating. Hope we don't have to worry about that next year. And he's just on a new team. But he's been man, and Ethan wrote a little bit about it yesterday. And I was trying to like get quotes, but it's hard because every time I went to go see them, they lost. So like nobody talked. But um, like. He's been amazing, like, in terms of attitude. Like, dude is a max player who really wants to play. And you could tell that, and this is something that a lot of people don't really talk about when it comes to him. He's mad because he's not playing. He wants to contribute, right? Like, he wants to be out there, and he wants to be a reason for winning. He's not, He's not like, a dude that got a check and then got fat. The dude's in great, like, the dude's, like, chiseled. He's in good shape. He wants to be out there. They asked him, Hassan, you're going to come off the bench for Bam, which 
I'm pretty sure that he thinks he's better than Bam, right? Like, he probably looks at his numbers. He even told me, he's like, per 36, per 48, per this. He's he's looking. He's like, I'm a, I'm a good rebounder. I'm a good player. He's telling me this in the locker room. So Bam's like, Hassan's like, he's aware. But he's, he's taken the role in stride. I do think he's played a lot better this year doing the little things. Like, his screening has not been as much of a problem. I do think the rolling, he has to be a better roll threat. Uh, that's unless like Dwayne's doing like magic and pick and roll like he needs to be a little bit better at going to the rim but I do think screen setting all that stuff uh, they have been able to do a little more of the dribble handoff stuff with him on the court he's a way more willing passer there have been times that he catches the ball and he does a short roll and passes and I have to double take I was like what the hell was that he hits me with an outlet pass like in a couple games ago I couldn't believe it can we, like, a little bit of a sidestep? I'm, like, obsessed with the Bam short roll pass of the corner. It's my new favorite thing. I was like, we got Draymond! How many shots does He's... Dwayne take tomorrow night? 60. They got, well, it depends. I mean, what time does Detroit, well, I guess they're not going to be score watching, but they're still in it. Like, I don't think, I don't think he's going to shoot them out of contention. Like, I think he might, I think he might go early, like, like, kind of, like, take some shots early, and if he's feeling it, He's gonna like take a bunch, but if he's like, if he like goes like one for three in the beginning, he's like, all right, you know, Rohan. He, he's, he's not that guy. I mean, Rohan probably Rohan has spoken to him more, but like he doesn't seem like that guy. I know he probably wants the glory, but like he's not gonna force it. I don't. I don't think he's gonna try to go out like Kobe. By the way, I just uh, I have some more quotes for you guys if you want to. By the way, from please, Udana. that's what we're here for, dude. So uh, I asked that's you. That's what Rohan's here for. I said. Or how close were you to leaving in 2010? The story we've always heard is Dwayne took less money so you could come back. What actually happened there? This is what Udonis Haslam said. He said, I was going to leave. I was on my way here to tell the Heat, thank you for everything. I appreciate it. But at that point in my career, there was no way I was going to play here on a one-year deal for the minimum. They didn't have any money. Business is business. I was in the prime of my career. I could not have played on a minimum deal. That would have been disrespectful to me and my family. He said, I wasn't surprised that Dwayne took less money, but he was able to get LeBron and Chris to take less also. To tell those guys we need someone like him if we want to win, those guys to buy in it just on Dwayne's word and competing against me, it meant a lot to me. That's, dude. Dwayne's the homie of the homie of, the, of this damn decade. I, I, I have goosebumps. Udonis also said he's gotten me to play golf, which is insane because I don't golf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen the videos. Him in the little cart. That's <laughs> that's honestly like an under. We don't. I remember that when it had happened, when they took the less money. You know, we talked about it a lot, like locally. But man, that's something that probably we've kind of forgotten about. They took less money for UD, and then he got hurt that year in Memphis. He hurt his foot, and he was never the same. Well, he did come. He did play well in that Bulls series. Game six forever. Yeah. Game game I six against Indiana forever. It, what's really so really insane is if you look back at the salaries that the big three made their first year. It's like LeBron was making, I think, a little bit over $15 million. Like they were... All together, they made John Wall's contract. They were absurdly underpaid. That's how much James Johnson's game paid this year. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wow. He, he that, joke was, that joke was really sold. Uh, Ow. Wow. I, I thought that this was a cool effect. Yeah, I want the audience to laugh too. Okay. Well, you're trying. That's right. It was funny. I left. I get in the mood, you know. Um, he's actually been good. You know, I I was uh I was giving Spo a lot of shit for playing JJ so much because I I'm a big Kelly guy, and um 
like they're not good with Kelly on the floor uh, in April, and they've been really good with James Johnson. James Johnson's been playing his ass off, man. I, like he was the most fearless guy in that Toronto game. As frustrating as he is at times, I think he's he had the guts. He's had the guts this month, and uh, I respect the hell out of him for that. Goran hasn't like Goran's been a guy that has played hard, but it's just not working for him. And and he's like they're getting like really torched when he's on the floor. And I really think that they miss Josh. That starting lineup that they had of Dion, Justice, Josh, Kelly, and Bam was doing so well. It's their most used five man unit, uh, and it's plus sixteen per hundred possessions, and that's like incredible. And now it like Justice is not well. Josh is hurt. Uh, they're not starting now. Goran is starting, so the ball's out of Justice's hands, and it's it's all kind of falling apart at the seams for them. They got rid of three thirty-seven to forty percent three-point shooters and got no assets in return. No, but see the the thing I I will push back on that because I remember at the time of the trade deadline, Leif they had a logjam at guard, and it. It was bad. They, we said at the time, it, if you remember, that they, it was worse back then. They looked horrible. Nobody was getting consistent minutes. They had to get guys out of there because guys were unhappy with role. They're like, I'm not playing. I should play. Agents so were involved. Like, Wayne plays one game, and then Tyler doesn't the other game, and then now Rodney's not playing, and Justice is not handling the ball. Those guys had to go. Like I understand that, but the only guys that were able to go were the guys who could shoot the ball. And honestly, they were doing okay until everyone got hurt. So I, I don't like doing that one. I know Ethan did it in his piece with Wayne. Uh, Wayne's like playing like well for Detroit. They, Wayne on the floor for the Heat was a negative in every single lineup that he was in. He was not playing well. He justifiably was not playing minutes. Tyler Johnson was good for them. However, they had a logjam at guard, and they had to get justice in the backcourt. Yeah, but no. They were, what not saying that they needed any of them on the court necessarily or that they were they weren't getting anything back life they had zero leverage if we know what a mess that their cap is the league knows what disaster they're in they needed to get those guys out of there and i'm totally okay with that because they got justice in the like we said this before they were so small in the backcourt they were playing like tyler and goron like that's not scaring anybody defensively you can't say you're about winning and you can't say you're about family and you can't say you're about culture and cut rodney magruder at three o'clock yesterday in order to try to escape uh some small tax bill Um, but that's not even as bad as a chalmers move from a couple years ago where they traded chalmers as a tax move and that's a guy that like you've bled with like that's a guy that you drafted well yeah but that's a guy that They've been spending. A, they've been spending so many minutes with with Magruder trying to develop this guy, and then they just cut him. Like this team would have made the no, playoffs if they saw a Chalmers. They would have. They just through shooter, floor spreader. He's the guts. That's what Mario Chalmers him. has. My God. They post. I was looking at the game seven box score against the Spurs. Third and field goal attempts that game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the. He, he must have outscored Bosch. Bosch had zero points in that game. He he uh, he was the fourth leading scorer. Battier had eighteen. He had fifteen. Wade had twenty something. Yeah, he Wade, did Wade from had, half court. Yeah, Wade had twenty three. He had twenty three and ten that game. Wade had twenty three and ten. All on mid range jumpers. Yep, that's true. A All on two of, dribbles. A lot from the elbow that night. Oh my god, I would. I was so shook that game. I was sweating the entire game. I think I changed shirts. I went to the game and it was terrible because the entire time I was like, what if they lose? 
I spent all this money. I was just so nervous. Oh, you were there as a fan? Yeah, I couldn't even enjoy it. I, was, I just pointed to my seat. I told Dwayne Wade where I was sitting. He's like, oh, you really high up there, huh? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was in college, all right? When I, was, when I went to game three against Dallas, people started leaving. They were down 13 with whatever it was, right. five minutes to go. And, and my wife looked at me and, and like she started seeing everybody getting up and leaving. And I said, you know how much money we paid for these seats? Like we're sitting here no matter what. And they came back and they won. So it was the right move. You know, the only playoff game I've ever been to was game three in 2010 against the Celtics when Pierce hit the buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Damn. was a tough game. Darrell Wright had yeah. deed up too. He did, he did. and he Wade got hurt the play before. Yep. Wade got hurt the play before, so he was out. And I, I think, I think we thought he got fouled. I don't know. I was mad. Those actually, those, and, and that's like kind of the thing. Like those, the battles with the Celtics, like kind of predates the the big three stuff so like the fact that he's getting celebrated in those cities is like incredible i'm really curious on how it's going to be in brooklyn because obviously the last game is going to be uh there not in miami so i'm kind of wondering what that crowd's going to be like it'll, it's be, it'll be good now that's a good crowd. there's gonna be a it lot was, of heat fans smart. I'm, I'm I'm smart. yeah there's gonna brooklyn. be so many heat fans brooklyn's got a smart little fan section they'll do something cool it's a a good organization. I bet they'll do something really nice for it, especially because I think they'll know it's his yeah. last game. You're going to be in the building? Oh, without a doubt. I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> Our own Brass Jazz is going to be there. I he's, saw uh, that. He's I'm covering sure the game as media. I'm sure I'll catch him. Get. You know, we'll get some chicken tenders together or something like that. <laughs> the Barclays Center looks nice, man. I've heard nothing but great things about the Barclays Center. It's really nice. Listen, I'm short on time, but I wanted to leave you guys with one more quote that I think you'll appreciate. Please. So I asked you, Don Saslam, I said, listen, Heat fans love you and Dwayne Wade, right? They're obsessed with you guys. What is something that we don't know about Dwayne Wade? Or like, what is it that makes him special? You know, Ooh, this, is what you, this is what Udonis said. He said, everything you see is what you get. There's nothing hidden about him. He's fearless on the court in business and fashion. He's a great father. He's a great husband. If you think what you see in front of you is a fraud, it's not. He's that good of a guy. He's that good of a person. Dwayne Wade, the greatest that the city has ever seen. Rohan, my friend, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for your time, you know, man. I don't really, really have to go, but my friend has been sitting in my living room playing NBA 2K. Uh, <laughs> he's up 20 points on the Warriors using the Heat. And he's got 72 points with Dwayne Wade. For the culture, dude. <laughs> For the let culture. that be tomorrow. Yeah, let that be tomorrow. So, listen, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you for always uh, promoting my work, by the way. I appreciate it. I hope Ethan is giving you guys health care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, you know, I hope you guys unionize something soon because uh, you're all working really hard. I really appreciate you. Always no, no one works as hard as you, Rohan. No, yeah, that's, no, dude. That's you not are... true. I work very few hours a day um and i literally, literally just only pitch stories that are through the mind heat i won't have this job for much longer so thank you guys <laughs> no dude they, they'd be crazy uh, I mean, wait until they get bradley beal this off season i appreciate you guys letting me keep the gravy train rolling for this wrong i really appreciate it dude i like honestly like and we'll let you go on this when i see like everything that you've done especially this year man i'm so proud because i love my community i love my city I love everything about it and the fact that you are from here and you're so successful and you're doing such great work and you're bringing you're bringing Miami to the masses to sports freaking illustrated like you're writing from our perspective 
and dude that means the world to all the fans to us to the people that listen to everything so Rohan thank you so much for all your work man you're no, the best I Thanks appreciate for it season. it's my pleasure I, I hope everyone enjoys the stories and if you're listening go watch on SI.TV the big interview with Dwayne Wade I promise you will check that out and I think on Wednesday we're going to run the full transcript I talked to Dwayne for almost 90 minutes for that interview so I think we'll get a lot more quotes out there before his last game so keep an eye out for that too I need you to sign my story (laughs) you don't don't, no one wants that you don't want your kids to look at that in 20 years and be like why did a stranger yeah they do dude get Dwayne to sign it yeah, I got to get Dwayne to sign mine before he signs anyone else. <laughs> That's true. a good point. Ethan, yeah. Ethan, make that happen. <laughs> Ethan, we'll make Ethan, we'll get Ethan to make that happen. You're listening to the Five Reason Sports Network. We've created a menu of intelligent and entertaining content on demand for commutes, workouts, and more. And by now, you're already familiar with the 15 different podcasts in our network. Today, we are proud to announce the premiere of our brand new website, FiveReasonSports.com. On it, you'll find columns from more than a dozen of our hosts, many who are professional writers in the market. Watch original videos from shows like Miami Heat Beat and Balls Cast. Browse our full merchandise shop. And unlike other outlets in the area, there's no paywall. Everything is absolutely free. All of this from a network that's credentialed from all five major sports teams in South Florida. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's free? We're by Miami for Miami. We're sports on your schedule. We're Miami Sports On Demand. We're the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Go to 5reasonsports.com today. And that was Rohan Nadkardi from Sports Illustrated, our friend of the show. Always comes on. Dude, Rohan's so cool, man. He's my favorite. Honestly, he's probably one of our favorite guests that we always have. He and George, he and George are like probably my two favorite like reoccurring guests, I think. Ethan's gonna be on George's podcast this week. I saw you post. I know, it on dude. Twitter. He gave a shout out to Five Reasons. We got the uh, we got the ESPN backing and we got the Sports Illustrated backing. Look at that dude making moves. <laughs> We made it. All right, so now that Rohan's gone, we get to slander the organization in peace. Um, <laughs> yo, cutting Rodney was the mad, grimiest thing ever, dude. By yeah, the how way... Fu- hold, plus- on, hold on, How funny was it is that I was trying to breach this fucking topic, and um, and Rohan wouldn't go there. <laughs> he, would, he wouldn't say anything about it. It was... Um, it's a delicate situation, man. It, it was griminess. It was grimy as hell, and... By the way, he was like plus eight that game. I mean, plus 11 or something. I think I tweeted. I was like, damn, yo, plus 11, you get cut. Cold world. Kelly reaches minutes bonus. So I imagine that that played into this. Uh, after Kelly reached a minutes bonus, I feel like they knew what was going to happen. Which, it, honestly, it, it kind of feels like how the NFL uses running backs. Like, they kind of realize, oh, like, that's it. We're out. So, like, we juice Rodney for all we could. Bye. I think it kind of pretty much clarifies that the Heat weren't really going to resign him after the season. So No, but we know that that was I mean, honestly like thank God. But <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need any more four-year deals. It's just it's poor taste. It is. Uh, you you know the locker room and the 
coaching staff ain't up for that. Uh, they still have mathematically a chance of making the playoffs. So in theory, if you're all about winning and that's what this thing is about and the main thing is the main thing, then you need an extra wing to defend in the playoffs so you wouldn't be cutting one to save money. So uh, ultimately that's like kind of horse shit that they did it the way that they did. Um, you know, they've been preaching how the depth was a strength and, uh, and that they, you know, are all about family. And it's it just, it's a really poor, poor move in my opinion. It's an, it's an incredible poor taste. And it kind of, you know, they're an organization. Every organization in sports is going to do stuff that it's going to be unpopular with players and with fans. Um, but in the last couple of years, they've done it post LeBron they've done it more times than not I said earlier on the show like the Chalmers move was one that really was like it really put a bad taste in my mouth because it was very clearly a salary yeah. tax it was Chalmers move. and Birdman and then before that they had to dump Mike Miller and Joel Anthony yeah but the but Chalmers specifically a guy that you had drafted a guy that you had groomed a guy that was a good player a guy that like Heat fans were attached to a guy that won two championships that you saw him go from rookie to champion to hit big shots in the finals. Like with Miller, like obviously players are always going to come and go. Nobody's going to stay with the organization the entire time. Players are going to leave. You're going to trade players. But a guy like Chalmers, who was like, like I said, homegrown guy, like second round pick, you know what I mean? Or late first or whatever the hell he was to just dump him as salary relief. It's just like, dude, that, that's kind of like, that's kind of messed up. You know what I mean? And um, the Rodney thing is not any better. Um, again, probably, honestly, a, as a basketball move, probably better. I mean, it kind of gets, <laughs> kind of gets him out of Spoh's hands, so Spoh <laughs> can't play him anymore. Um, it's honestly like if Riley's like, yo, this guy's playing us out of the playoffs. The only way I can get Spoh from playing him is to cut him would be like really funny, but obviously that's not what happened. Yeah, man, it's been it's been really disappointing. Um, I, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I ranted about it yesterday, so I kind of don't want to just be redundant in what I was saying. But to have all of these various players that you do not recoup a single asset from. And, uh, you know, I almost like wonder if the only reason that they cut Rodney was because they saw Albert's tweet and they said, oh, shit, that math works. And then they like went and did it because no it was way, like. No way, dude, so- they know. Andy knows. Andy I knows. Know. I don't Andy. know. It just, it seemed, you know, would you play a guy that many minutes if that's, if you're expecting him to get picked up off of waivers, he's not even playoff eligible. So that makes it even harder for him to be claimed off waivers. Cause all you're relying on is that somebody values his bird rights enough to claim him. So it didn't seem well thought out that you would do that then. Why not do it when he was playoff eligible? So it just seems clunky. Everything has seemed clunky since the Jimmy Butler situation and uh, and the fact that they don't ever talk about it to the fans, to the to the media at all, it's frustrating. And uh, and I think it should be called out more. And again, they've built up so much goodwill. And I think that we're probably reaching a point that it's kind of getting used up. Right. And again, Rohan made a good point. A shot goes in against Minnesota. A call goes different against the Celtics. We're all probably not having this conversation. A ref blows a whistle differently yesterday. Like I said, a lot a lot of weird shit has happened. Like, I know that they've lost four straight, but three of those games, honestly, all four of those games have been really, really close. And a lot of weird shit has happened at the end of all those games. So 
we're probably it's funny how thin the line is between what we're like doom and gloom misorganizational missteps clunkiness and they could be on a four game winning streak riding high into the six seed you know what i mean like comfortably clinch the six seed you know so i yeah. think if they have gone 500 they would have clinched the six seed because everyone else has lost a lot um, and ultimate, and ultimately, to lie to ourselves and think that that would be a good place to be, as much as you know, I campaign for the culture stuff. Like, come on now, like you're a 500 basketball team. That's an eight and a nine seed, and um, and you need wholesale changes. And the the more that they avoid that, and the more that they don't talk about that openly with any level of um, transparency, like it just it 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 appears as if they're either insulting our intelligence or they are truly delusional and they think that this roster mix is one that can actually win the good things. Like I said earlier, Dion maybe recoup some value. Hassan certainly recoup some value. He's an expiring that can be moved. So now they're going to have some ammunition to make trades. We'll see if two big expirings in a 2021st can, you know, get an all-star. That's so the next move. I've been on record of saying that I'm not a big fan of doing that. I'd rather them just, eat it and get their cap space and then do stuff with the cap space. But if, if something becomes available, obviously you make the move. Um, the thing we didn't talk with Rohan a lot is how Bam has been. I mean, by the way, Bam played in all 80 games. Bam, Bam's on his way to a, an 82 game season. Um, he's been probably other than justice, the bright spot this season, uh, what he's been able to do as a passer, um, and I mentioned this earlier, but as a passer in the pick and roll, right? So it's like he's catching the ball and he's he has options when he's a roll man. He's not just a finisher. He's becoming a passer, kind of Draymond Green-esque. His little mid-range jumper's coming along. Um, his free throw shooting's really good at 73%. And that's the biggest indicator of how you're going to perform as a shooter. So if Bam actually can start hitting a mid-range and start taking some steps back, that's going to be enormous. Um, yeah, it's clear he needs a a spike in usage and volume, volume, volume. He needs minutes and that, you know, that all goes back to roster construction and you got to maximize those guys. There's now with Dwayne going riding off into the sunset, like there is absolutely no reason why, why justice and Josh is not your backcourt with Bam in the front court. And then you just supplement those guys with the right players and another, you know, young player from the draft. There's just no reason why you don't go that in that direction. Um, and you know, I've never been one to talk about tanking. That's not what I mean. Compete with youth. That's, that's what's up. So like, and I think the BAM stuff, they've been very natural about, they have not forced the BAM situation, right? They've been very, they've very naturally progressed him and his growth has been slow, but it's been steady. And you could tell that it's legitimate. Josh, on the other hand, I felt that early on, they really tried to force it, right? Like Josh, Josh, they were really forcing him looks and stuff like that. And if you look at his numbers for the year, I mean, 16.6 points per game. Um, as a three-point shooter, he's shooting almost a little over six attempts at near 36%, which is solid for that volume. He's 40% from the floor. You probably want to get that up a little bit, but you understand with the three-point shooting, it's like that. Uh, the free throws, really good, 86%. You're, you know, you're kind of creeping up to 90, improvement from last year, which is really good considering his rookie year. He was 66%, and then the following year, 77%. So... The fact that he's improving there as a shooter kind of gives you some confidence in, in, in the rest of his game. Um, 
and if if Josh is going to be like a secondary creator off like other people's penetration and stuff like that, like you really like that going forward. So they have three good young players. We've talked a lot about Winslow. We know what he can do as a ball handler, as a defender, um, how the offense completely changed when, when he started playing, how the lineup data is just so good with him in it. They played their best basketball of the season record-wise. Any metric that you want to use, their best basketball was played when Justice Winslow was the point guard. In the backcourt with Josh Richardson. That is their best. And we haven't even talked about Derek Jones Jr., who's been a great surprise for them. Really athletic guy off the bench. Improving the three-point shot steadily. Really athletic. You like him on the floor with those young guys. So while, yeah, we're looking, it's really disappointing that they have a really outside shot of making the playoffs. And when Dwayne's gone, you're kind of looking down and you're like, well, what's next season going to be like? There's There's some reason to maybe be more like, optimistic if you will yep they have to hear the fans play the kids we don't care what the result will be play the kids let's do this i want to do some rohan um you know kind of running on time uh i kind of want to ask you guys you know Dwayne's last game is is tomorrow and um i'm gonna try to go i'm gonna cry man like i've i've cried i mean everybody's gonna make fun of me but i've been i've been emoting a lot i mean what that guy has meant to me um just not just as a career, but just like, you know, life gets hard, man. Like sometimes, you know, watching basketball or watching him be great, kind of like it helps you, you know, you, you realize the privilege that you have of watching um, a really special player, guy who is incredible, who's, you know, um, made me love sports, right? Like I love sports because of Dwayne Wade. So, um, wow, crying on the radio. This is amazing. Um, and and, tomorrow- uh, and that's our show here. No, I want, I want to know, G. I mean, I G. You've been talking talk. about it for a while, especially Have when I? he came back. You've always said that you want to go see him play his last game. You've always said you want to see him play his first game back when he was when he and got when he got signed when he signed with Chicago. He signed him. He saw him in his first game back in the arena. And you've always said you want to see his last game, no matter where it would be. Yeah, you got to go. I'm gonna you go and like. Yeah. You know, and, to kind and of don't close be on your phone. I said this. I'm not, dude. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be. Everyone who listens to this tomorrow night, get off your phones. Put them down. Seven. The ceremony's at seven. Even if you're not going, like I'm three states away. Put your phone down. It doesn't matter what anyone is saying on Twitter, yo. Like just watch Dwayne Wade in his last home game. Watch the game. Put your phone down. Get there at seven. Seven o'clock it starts. So get leave work early if you have to, dude. Like you can leave a little early one day for one of the twenty greatest basketball players who ever lived. So and the best that the city has ever had. Yes, better than Dan Marino. Yes, more important than LeBron. Yes, more important than all these dudes. So if he, get there if he and gets watch. ten blocks, he'll pass Jordan for most blocks for a guard. Really? Oh man, he can do five. He can do five and five. <laughs> we we could split that up. We could do six and six and four. Um we don't have a we don't have a witty sign off today. You know, I, I already cried, so you guys got to make fun of me as my voice cracked. I talked about how much I love Dwayne Wade and how important he is to me. So uh, remember to check out all our work at Five Reasons Sports, Five Reasons Sports.com. Miami Heapy, check that out. Our very own Jack Alfonso Trash Tweeter has a story up there right now, dropped today, kind of talking about Dwayne Wade and his career, an overview, and 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 it's really good. And Jack Jack doesn't you know really dabble in the emotions very much but when he does it's incredible so check his story out at miamiheapy.com uh and yeah yo tomorrow last home game let's bring one it one last dance one last dance and hopefully one last game winner we want wade this is his house i got the fourth pick <laughs>